there. Welcome to this Escaping Babel episode on the Engage and Equip podcast. Escaping Babel is all about escaping cultural captivity with gospel truth. We're doing an Escaping Babel mini-series to talk about how to escape cultural captivity through friendship. God calls us into faith together to enjoy, strengthen, and form each other to become more like Christ. This kind of spiritual friendship is very different from what the world offers us, but is much more human. To get a foundation for what we're talking about when we say spiritual friendships, go back and listen to episodes 134 through 136. In this episode, you'll hear from Mike Beresford, who is our executive pastor, and Mark Finley and Kent Rawhauser, who are two of our church elders. Mark and Kent have been getting breakfast together for years every Friday. And since Mike has moved to Madison in recent years, they've intentionally incorporated him into their friendship. We'll be learning from them about what intentionality in friendship looks like in real life and the fruitfulness of that intentionality over the years. As always, if you've got a question about what you heard, send us an email at podcast at highpointchurch.org. Thanks for listening. Hi, my name is Mike, one of the pastors here at High Point Church, and with me today are Mark and Kent. Mark, why don't you introduce yourself and then Kent. Hi, I'm Mark. I've been uh, attending High Point Church for about 20 years. I guess, yeah, it's just 20 years this fall. And um, I'm married to Sue. Sue and I are involved in various ministries in the church. I'm currently one of the elders and involved in the missions team. Um, And I also uh, help facilitate a Sunday morning growth class. Hi, my name's uh, Kent. My wife is Lynn. We've been attending for about 20 years. uh, Lynn is very active in KC. I'm an elder here at church, um, and along with Mark, I help facilitate a, one of the growth classes, uh, Manuscript Bible Study. So you guys intentionally developed a relationship some number of years ago. Tell us about that, how it happened, especially the intentionality I found very fascinating. Uh, two guys seeking intentional friendship and the steps you went about to do that. Well, I think Kent and I first met um, as we were both attenders of uh, the Manuscript Bible class, the class that we're now actually leading. Um, and that was 20 years ago. And we just uh, formed a kind of a casual friendship through that class. And uh, that went on for, I don't know, five or six years or so. And we just got to know each other better. And then one day Kent uh, had an idea. And uh, why don't you why don't you tell them about that, Ken? Yeah. So so we had uh, we had talked quite a lot together at, at church, and uh, Lynn and Sue got to know each other. I think I think they're both involved in KC. So there was a, there was another bond uh, that was there, and and um, it was after church one day. Uh, Mark and I were out there, and I was standing at my car, and he was at his, kind of talking over the top of one of the cars, and I, I looked at Mark and I said, you know. Um, I'm kind of feeling like we should do something more, you know, uh, uh, be a little more intentional. I mean, do we really, um, do we want to just have a casual friendship or do we want to have a, a more meaningful friendship? And and uh, Mark kind of just looked back and he, and he said, yeah, let's, let's do something more. And I um, didn't know exactly what that meant. But uh, that led to uh, us. The, the, the most intentional thing that we did was we started getting together for breakfast on Friday morning. Um, and we've gotten together for, uh, I'd say, probably 15 years now. 
Yeah, something like that. It's been been a long time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a lot of ham. It's a lot of ham and eggs. Yeah, a lot of ham and eggs. Um, so that's how that's how things started. You used two words describing friendship. You said casual versus meaningful. Yeah. What's that mean? So so casual was we'd be in Bible study um, on Sunday morning and we'd sit together. We would we would talk. We'd discuss the passage. We talk a little bit about what's going on because Mark is a, you know an airline pilot, a captain for American Airlines, and and I was a business owner. So we were in two really really different worlds as far as what we did you know day to day. So we we would talk about what each other other does and how that related and. And um, and then um, uh, the conversations just kind of felt not finished at the end of Bible study. Yeah, and somewhere along the line there, too, I'm a little bit fuzzy on the timeline, but um, we, we had a Bible study. Sue and I had a Bible study that we hosted at our at our home, and so we invited Kent and Lynn to join that. And um, I think that was before we decided to become more intentional in our friendship, and so our a kind of a casual relationship developed more. Um, uh, we had a spiritual basis for our relationship, but we also um, uh, just kind of uh, were attracted to each other and various interests that we had. And uh, then Kent came up with that idea about spending more time together. And, and we said, yeah, you know, we really need to do that because if we don't, if we don't set time aside to get to know each other better, we're just not going to. Um, I have lots of casual friendships. I have very few um, intentional, deep friendships. So what was it that caused you, two successful men, to want an intentional, deeper friendship? I, I think one thing for me was, was, it was kind of watching Lynn and Lynn having some deep friendships, some deep relationships, and having gone through life... Um, you know, for nearly 50 years and then look around and say, okay, so who's, who's a, a really close friend? And when I stopped to think about it, I really had to think hard about who was a, a really close friend. And uh, around Madison, I, I couldn't name anybody. And then I, as I thought further about that, I'm like, well, all right, so... Uh, Mark and I are developing this relationship, and and if you've got no Mark and me, we're personality wise, we're a little bit different, and <laughs> and um, it, it was kind of like uh, uh, this kind of opposite, uh, but you know, Mark's what, mature and exactly, <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I see that. Yes, we all have to grow up someday. Um, so, so I looked at what what Lynn had, and then I, I, I'm like, okay, so why can't I, why can't I have that? Was my first thought. So, um, uh, as I was thinking that, I and, and I don't know if Mark, what Mark was thinking about, but that was kind of what was going through my head as we were going through this like five year period. Yeah, and throughout my life, um, I've had. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I've had lots of casual friends. I've had very few close friends. But generally, in most every phase of my life, I had at least one or two pretty close friends. At the time, I had two close friends, but they didn't live nearby. They were guys that I really related to well, and I could talk to them about anything. Um, but I didn't have anybody locally at the time. And um, Kent was making overtures like he wanted to be my friend. And I think both of us 
kind of had the idea, well, why would this guy want to be my friend? And uh, uh, I I admired Kent, and I looked up to him a lot. And for some reason, he seemed to look up to me. And and we just kind of both had this, well, why would this guy want to be my friend? And so we, I think we explored that more deeply. So hopefully there's a lot of, of guys listening to this and friendship and, and guys often is around a shared activity together. It's not often around an interest to have a, a deeper intimate relationship. What's, what's been of value to you personally that you could share that um, maybe you didn't realize it at the moment, but you found that it really enriched you as a person because of this friendship. So I, th- I think that, um, that, that the thing that really, really appealed, um, so when we go back, let me go back 15 years when, when, when this started, um, um, my walk with the Lord was much, um, much less developed. And Mark, having uh, been much more uh, involved in the church, as a matter of fact, you were one of the pastors in the church. Uh, right. for, oh, a, a pastor elder. Pastor, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just uh, there was this this admiration, this like, why can't I have something like that too? With with jesus as the center like I'd, I'd like to know more about the bible i'd like to be able to understand it better and here's somebody that that um uh, non-intimidating when you ask a question about the bible um uh, i mean i could have asked mark you know I, he could have said okay so turn to matthew and i could have looked at him and said so is that in the older new testament and at that point he wouldn't have laughed at me he does now <laughs> but he wouldn't have laughed at me he would have said okay this is where it is and it was somebody that was that was very safe for me to go and, and talk to uh, about the bible or about jesus okay. yeah i think i think safe is a good word i think that um i always felt safe with kent um I admired, admired and admire his integrity, and um, I know that I can say anything to him, and it's not going to go anywhere. And uh, he's he's not going to be condemning and judging me. He might give me good advice, but he won't be he won't be um, condemning me and judging me. So I, I've always felt safe with Kent, and it's always been a a comfort and a comforting type of relationship that way. Can you recall an incident where there was friction and you intentionally chose to work through it instead of taking the easier path of just stepping away? Or maybe it's been a perfect marriage. I don't know. (laughs) There actually hasn't been a lot of friction. (laughs) Maybe we don't see each other quite enough for that. (laughs) Probably the the closest thing that they came to to friction is that so as um, Mark was was planning to retire as an airline pilot, uh, part of his plan was was to when he retired was to work for two years uh, before he actually retired. So uh, you saying airline pilots aren't that's not working? No, no, they only work half a month. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so we started talking, and, and all right. So one of the things that that I realized early on was the uh, the influence that Mark has just by his presence. So when um, I started talking about him coming into the business, I looked at all right. So I'm going to find something he can do uh, 
because I want him in the office. I want him in the building because of what he can do for others. Um, again, very approachable. Uh, uh, one of the probably easiest people you'll ever find to talk to. And so when he came to work for us, there was, there was a little, it was a little rough at first because of, of where we, the position he was put in and the, one of the people he was working with didn't want to work well with him. And, and so there was some, some tension there, but, but the whole preparation for him coming to work uh, was always qualified that, look, if this uh, begins to damage our friendship, then the employment will end. We, we put the friendship in front of the employment. So that's probably the most tension that I can Yeah, remember. I think that's right. And I think the reason that worked, uh, everybody says, don't ever work for your friend. Um, don't ever be in business with, with your friend. And um, so we kind of went into that. We talked about it beforehand and mm-hmm. said, everybody says not to do this, but we're going to do it. Um, <laughs> And but we we said whatever happens, our friendship comes first. And if we start having disagreements and things about work, then the work goes away and the friendship stays. And that was our that was our intention from the beginning. Yeah. And it actually worked. And so instead of two years, I was there for six years. Yeah. yeah. So over the last fifteen years, as you've gotten to know each other, what are a couple characteristics that you've seen in the other that has made this friendship work? Well, some of the things that um, I really appreciate about Kent is the sense of humor and the fact that we can really kid each other and and be sarcastic, I guess. I don't snarky. Know if that's the right, right word to use. But yeah, snarky is probably a better word. Um, it's, it's so we can always we can always laugh. It's almost yeah. we almost have an uh, almost always have an uplifting experience together that we're yeah, laughing we and do. and sharing and. And things like that. And um, uh, Kent is a faithful guy, and he's a dependable guy, and I really appreciate that. Um, and uh, Kent mentioned that early on he felt like he needed to grow more as a Christian, um, and so he was always really receptive to input I had that way. And especially, uh, we came to a point where I asked him to come and help lead the growth class. And he said, I, I can't do that. And I said, sure you can. Um, and I'll, I'll help you along the way, and, and we'll, you, this will be good for you. You'll grow in knowledge of the Word. You'll grow in your ability to, um, to lead a class and to do things like that. And you can do this. And so Ken said, all right, we'll, we'll do it on one condition, that every Friday morning in our breakfast, we go over our lesson. And uh, so uh, that... I really admired Kent's humility to be able to, um, uh, our, our roles kind of switched at that point because I was working for him at the time and he was my boss part of the week. And then I was his mentor for, for Bible study another part of the week. And so we kind of mentored each other and, uh, uh I, I admired his humility to be able to do that. Maybe not a challenge with each other, but have there been any other challenges um, over the last 15 years that you've had to intentionally put the friendship first or, or choose to walk through some things? We've walked through a couple of hard places um, together. I don't think it's any any tension. Well, I, I can remember one day I was uh, out on a, a trip when I was when I was still flying. I was in St. Louis in the, um, the pilot operations uh, build, uh, room in the terminal at St. Louis, and I got a call from Kent, and his his mom was dying, and so he 
wanted to talk about that. I just needed to talk about that for a while. And um, we've had various family um, things we've walked through together, um, things like that. And uh, we've been able to encourage and comfort one another in. Um, I don't know if we've actually faced um, turmoil together. There was some tension here at High Point when we first started attending the first five years or so, but we weren't all that close in our friendship then, other than uh, we encouraged each other to keep on going through that time. Yeah, and one of the things that that I I, I most admire about Mark is his wisdom. He, um, where I'm pretty quick to respond can or you just, show an eye roll over the can you show an eye roll <laughs> <with> the sound <laughs> that's supposed to be me doing that not you um uh, i'm much quicker to to respond to something or to or to say something where mark's very uh, he's slower and more considerate more thoughtful and i really grow to appreciate that so you know like whether it's here at church um actually i'm an elder here because mark convinced me that it was time to that I should come on the elder board when I was resisting it um, and and then when we were at work I could I could come to him with a, a really um, a sensitive issue uh, within the company and I knew I could discuss it with him and not talk to mark the employee but mark my friend and and reach into that wisdom and, and that thought and uh, he didn't always tell me what I wanted to hear, and sometimes I'd be mad at him for what he would tell me. Um, and we talk about it, we think about it. Yeah, you knew that, because uh, uh, it's you know, I. Um, for me, I think I'm always right. Believe it or not, yeah. Um, so, so that's one of the. That's I think that's one of the things. And then as we've if we've we've walked through some of those things, um, that's just where we've grown. So there hasn't been any event or turmoil that that we've had to really go through yeah there were some um there were some things at work um and we tried to keep a really um kind of a sharp dividing line between boss and friend relationship and so there'd be a number of times where i'd come to ken and i'd say i want to talk to you as a friend or i want to talk to you as a boss and we could and we made a a pretty clear differentiation there and um, there were a couple of employee issues that we disagreed on, um, that we talked about as both friend and, and boss. <laughs> um, and then we, we walked through one really difficult situation together. And I remember, uh, an employee had to be dismissed and, um, uh, Kent asked me to be with him while that was going on. I didn't really have too much of a role in that other than some administrative things that I did as part of my job. Um, but he just wanted to be there, and it was one of those early morning, early morning things. And um, we called this employee into the office, and and Kent uh, had to dismiss him. And then I um, stayed with the employee while his things were gathered and so forth. And that was a, a difficult time for Kent. And I was glad I could be there to support him, uh, but also to um, to fulfill part of my job as well. So it was is interesting how that how that worked. Kent, a while ago, you said you wanted a friendship that had Jesus at the center of it. Um, one, why was that important, and how have you both encouraged one another in your in your walk with Christ? I think it. What in this specific case, what really helped? I mean, we met in Bible study, all right. So um, uh, it was 
to me, that's kind of like the foundation of, of where we met. So we were on a we were on a very firm footing when we met. We were both seeking to know Jesus, to know to know Him more. Um, you know, for me, I wanted to grow, um, and and I know Mark wanted to grow and still wants to grow, um, and it, it was. It was just a good place to focus because then no matter what, through all of the things that we've done or we've been through, we've always uh, prayed with each other and we've prayed for each other and we've always studied the Bible together. So um, that's what, uh, yeah. Yeah, I I think it's a shared passion. We both have a shared passion for Jesus and a shared passion for the Word. And um, that has grown and developed over the years. And um, as Ken said, we, we pray for one another, and we pray quickly for one another, either over the phone or together. Um, if we're kind of going through a hard time, it'll, there'll be a, a, a one of the first things we'll do is pray. And um, I really appreciate that in the relationship, that I don't have to be guarded at all when it comes to our spirituality, because that's been the foundation of our relationship. So I got to town about four years ago, and... I'm not real sure how soon the relationship between us started to develop. It was sometime in that first year, I think. Uh, I saw you both in the roles of elder, and um, you were both very gracious in that role towards me as as one of the new staff on on the team. Um, And then you did something that I found out I needed, but was also, um, I genuinely was excited about it you extended your friendship to me verbally and i got to start to begin the covenant journey to the green lantern every friday morning at seven thirty. <laughs> breakfast club yeah. yeah why did you open that relationship up that had become pretty unique and special to you guys to a third person well, I remember when you first came, um, it was about the time that Kent came on the elder board. Kent uh, was appointed because we had um, a number of elders had, had moved away and, and um, there was a vacancy on the elder board. And so uh, I remember a meeting that uh, we had people were asking for recommendations for someone that could be um, come in and, and fill the gap. and. And I said, well, how about Kent Rauhauser? And every, almost everybody knew him. And and my comment was that Kent was probably the finest man I know. And um, and and somehow they took my recommendation, and I think they're glad they did. Um, <laughs> uh, I think that's a matter of opinion. <laughs> <laughs> most everybody is anyway. Um, and and that was that was shortly after you came, Mike, and. Um, um, it just seemed like uh, it was the right thing to do <laughs> to let to invite you to um, uh, to let you into the friendship to invite you to join us, and um, uh, we appreciate I think what you bring to the friendship, and uh, yeah, and I think part of it was um, I remember something early on it was more of, of a couple's thing than it was the the three of us. Oh, yeah. 
that we, you know, that that we we did some. It might have been after a congregational meeting when uh, when we were we were Mark and Sue and Lynn and I and, and you and Estelle were together, and we were talking. And Estelle made a comment. You know, she goes something to the effect of, you know, how do we become friends with you guys? How do we become part of this? You know, of your friendship? I think we we're at Culver's over there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that was close to the congregational meeting. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, it struck me because I've never had anybody ask that or say that. And so at first it was like, I don't know. I don't have any idea how, what to, how to do that. Um, but I think that kind of opened the door because then we, the, the six of us did a, a couple things together. And, and then, you know, life happened and, and, and we all started going our, our different directions and then uh, I guess and go back to the elder board like Mark started. You know, th- that's one place that the three of us were at often. And we just got to know each other. And then, you know, something happened. The, for me, the scariest thing about being an elder is listening to, to Pastor Nick say, all right, so you're a pastor and a shepherd. You're a pastor just like I am. And when, when I heard him say that, I'm like, I went home. <laughs> exactly right. I went home to Lynn and I said, I didn't sign up for this. I'm not, you know, so, so you know, started thinking different. And then, then it's like, okay, so where does, where does a pastor go um, uh, to be able to talk, to have a friend? And we already liked each other. And so it was at that point, it was it was pretty easy to to invite you to be able to come over, and and initially you couldn't make it every Friday. It was it was more it was more occasional, um, and then schedules changed, and and you were able to come more. Yeah, one of the things that I think um, kind of sparked it too, Mike, was initiative that you took. Um, you and Estel, um, you invited us to your home, probably within within a month of moving here. And uh, you want—I think you invited all the elders, um, one or two at a time, uh, couples over. And um, I think you invited uh, uh, Kent and Lynn and Sue and me at one point. Um, and we came over, and and I said, "Wow, this this guy's really demonstrating and and modeling hospitality." And I I, I wish that everyone was like that. I wish that um, hospitality was extended um, in all. In, in all relationships like that. And I thought that was really great. And so you, you kind of sparked it actually by your own openness and your own um, desire to, uh, to reach out and to, to make relationships. Well, one thing I've sure appreciated about both of you and your wives is the willingness to be inclusive. And life is not shared in pie slices. Life is just shared. And it's uh it speaks volumes to your character, your love for God, and in the respect you have for each other. Um, like you said earlier, at least half the time there's laughter involved in the conversations. And I know for for me, um, I'm like both of you, where you know I've got probably 1,500 contacts in my phone, and a handful of those I would count as friends. And when I moved here, obviously none of them lived here. And so there was a void in my life of connecting to somebody where I wasn't called pastor and didn't have an expectation of any kind of role where I could just be me and be accepted. And I saw that in you 
both of you, and that was really inviting. Was there anything that you felt you had to give up in your relationship to expand the circle? I don't think so. I don't think uh, I don't think anything I gave up with the relationship with with, with Mark. I think it it, it it expanded the relationship. Yeah, I think I think the solidity of our relationship um, allowed the room to let someone else in yeah. without feelings of of jealousy or you know I'm the, now I'm the the third wheel or, or something like that, that, um, that we trusted each other, that whatever, whatever, um, you brought in the relationship was just going to be a positive and not something that takes away from what we had. And that we, I don't think there's a, any kind of feeling of jealousy or possessiveness in our, in our friendship. And I have to attribute that to the Lord. I think, yes. I think it's yes. because the foundation of our relationship is our passion for Jesus and our passion for the Word. So let's talk about that a little bit. How does friendship play into God's building the body of Christ? So I, listening to one of the earlier podcasts uh, about friendship, and Nick made a comment about, you know, the Bible doesn't talk a lot about friendship. It talks about family. And um, uh, Mark is more to me as a brother than he is a, a friend. And and then as, as when you came and we, we started, we got along well and somewhat similar sense of humor. Um, um, Our was, wives won't let us sit together. Yeah, exactly right. Um, it was it was that, that that brother relationship came. So so I think it you know I think it's 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 different than saying it's friendship. It's 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 being brothers because brothers you can be friends but brothers you can you know you can argue because you know we've had discussions where we don't agree on, on, on what we're talking about and you know where we've you know sharply disagreed sometimes but you know it, it didn't affect us in that well, I'm not going to spend any more time with him because he doesn't think what I think that's what's been a real gift to me um, yeah yeah and, and I think Mike early on too um you took some risks with us, and you let your hair down a little bit with us sometimes, and uh, not really knowing how we'd handle it. And uh, yeah, I did. <laughs> well, whatever. <laughs> he's smarter. He's smarter than us, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> no, I knew Clearly. I could trust you. <laughs> you know, along that line, one of the go ahead, one, go ahead and finish your statement there. Yeah, I know. And 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 there were there were times when. When you really uh, became vulnerable and you really uh, bared your heart to us, and uh, that's not easy to do, and so that I think that speaks to your character as well—that um, you're willing to take a risk with guys, and um, uh, even though you thought you knew what we do, <laughs> you weren't sure, and so it was—it was a risk-taking thing. And I think Kent and I, to a similar degree, have done that with each other too. Um, only it wasn't quite as as dramatic and abrupt as it was with you um, because uh, it built over time. But, uh, yeah. I think my confidence was not necessarily in you, but Christ in you. You know, I see the the character of Jesus in both of you. And, and there is an expectation that you're going to act who you are. And you both have said it about each other. I'll echo it. You're both men who, who not only seek God but are godly, and that allows for risk and and 
trust because you have that safety net of Christ's character that that holds it up. And I think you both have spoke to that, you know, over about your friendship and in ways that because it was Christ-centered, it's it's different. It moves into that that brotherhood. You know, one of the things, Mike, you said uh, a while ago that was that, that I took as uh, for, I, I'm sure I think Mark thought this too, but I took it as a great compliment is that you, when when we are together, you can be Mike. You don't have to be a pastor. Um, to us, you're, we're friends, and when um, that really sank in with me, when I when I started to look again at at what you do for a living and the expectation when you're within the the church walls is that you know you're always on, and here's a here's a chance for you to to just kind of let your hair down and just be you and not worry about it. And to me, that was a huge compliment that you gave to the two of us to be able to let you do that. One of the things that as I've thought about friendship, especially this last year, and I think you guys sparked it, is that one of the things I think friendship does within the body of Christ is it lets us experience God's goodness towards us. You know, we often will, you know, pray for God's grace or his wisdom or understanding or perspective or whatever our prayer may take us in it's amazing to me how often I step back and that which I asked God for comes through one of you, through a comment, through a gesture, uh, a text, something that is what I asked God for. And he uses those friendships to show himself to us. And, and that's been really, really meaningful to me. And, uh, and it, it's, it's built my faith. Yeah, you know, I, I noticed the same thing too. Um, it, it's kind of ironic because Kent mentioned how um, we can, uh, Mike, you can just be Mike. You don't have to be Pastor Mike. But at the same time, um, little things you've said and little um, just kind of off the cuff statements you've made have really ministered to me. And you've been Pastor Mike to me in, in those moments <laughs> without even knowing it. Well, you've been Pastor and, to me too. So. <laughs> so Elders, as really good friends, <laughs> what would you say to a young man who feels isolated? I was just reading a, a study, and it was talking about the effects of isolation um, over a span of time can be just as devastating as a major illness. And in how crushing it is to faith, how crushing it is to the ability of, to, of feeling successful when you're all alone. Um, what would you say to somebody who is finding themselves, maybe not at the ex- extremes, but just feeling kind of wandering and, and isolated, um, especially in this sea of, of uh, communication and, and that we live in? that really doesn't build friendship it exchanges words and, and comments and pictures but it doesn't build what you guys have described what's something that you would suggest or encourage young guys to do or gals too for that matter i think the first thing is just look around see who is around you and um, see who god is bringing into your life kent and i met in a growth class and we didn't come to the growth class trying to find a friend. We came to the growth class for to grow and to learn about the word. Um, but we noticed each other. 
And uh, so I would say, look around. Who is God bringing into your life? What circumstances are there? And um, and and ask ask the Lord to help you see. Yeah, I, I would agree with that, and and also that that you have to do something. If you sit and wait for somebody to come over and say, "Hey, do you want to be my friend?" Um, the odds of getting finding a friend are going to be a lot less. So go looking for it and and find somebody. And, you know, it might not work the first time, but you're at least going to have somebody that's closer. But um, the earlier, the sooner you can do it and, and find somebody that, that can be that friend, um, the, the better off your whole life will be. Mm-hmm. Ken, Ken mentioned the connection between our wives, too. Um, that was, a, I think that was a, a key thing mm-hmm. that uh, they had a shared interest. And when Estelle... Um, came came along with you um she had shared interest with both sue and lynn uh estel and and sue are both musicians and they like to play their instruments together and that works well and and uh, uh lynn also has an interest in music and is a has beautiful singing voice and it's just um it, it's a shared interest type things and so pay attention um reach out uh take a risk ask somebody to lunch ask invite somebody to your house yeah. Um, do something that that will open the door to friendship. This this is on that line, but not on that line. When you talk about about uh, Sue and about Estel, and talk about Lynn, when I was thinking about this, I was thinking about uh, the three of us and, and our and our marriages and and our wives, and and I would I. I haven't asked you guys this, but I could. Pr- I'm pretty sure I could say that that your best friend is Sue and, and Estel and Lynn. So I mean, we we're very secure at home. I mean, it's not. I don't feel like when I go to breakfast uh, with you guys on Friday morning, like I'm taking anything away from Lynn. Um, Lynn encourages me to go because she knows how good that is for me, and I would. Am- Mm-hmm. I'm assuming Sue and and um, and Estel think the same thing, yeah. so I think that, that we're very blessed that way, and um, that that our wives are such great encouragement to the to the Estel's friendship. still hoping that his wisdom rubs off on me and that I can somehow influence you. <laughs> Good luck at that. Here, here's my here's my chance. I am the youngest of us here, so I, there's, there's more time for me to grow. <laughs> Well, thank you, gentlemen. It was a pleasure. Uh, I truly thank God for both of you as, uh, as friends. Uh, you're very welcome. Thank you, Mike. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Engage and Equip podcast. If you have a podcast idea or a question you'd like answered on the podcast, send us an email at podcast at highpointchurch.org. If you'd like to find more episodes, you can go online to highpointchurch.org slash podcast. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, and other apps like that. We hope this episode was helpful to you as you grow in becoming a more substantive disciple and a part of the local church. If this episode was helpful to you, rate or review us on Apple Podcasts or share this episode with a friend. Those are some of the best ways we have to reach new listeners. Until next time, thanks for listening to this episode of Engage and Equip.